do you do that? Well, the first port of call is for us to just have a reality check. So I've got four questions for you. If you're a parent uh, of a teenager and you're listening right now, please take a piece of paper or a book and a pen or use your gadget and just answer these four questions. Question number one. And for all the questions, all I want you to do is choose one, two, three, or four. One is you strongly agree with the statement I will say. Two, are you strongly disagree? Number one is strongly disagree. Number two is disagree. Number three is agree. Number four is strongly uh, strongly agree. Okay, so let's go. Number one is I often have two-way unemotional conversations with my teenage child. Let me repeat that. I often have two-way unemotional conversations with my teenage child. Put a one if you strongly disagree. Put a two if you disagree. Put a three if you agree. And put a four if you strongly agree. I often have two-way unemotional conversations with my teenage child. Let's move on to number two. I fully understand my teenage child's dreams, fears, likes, and dislikes. Let me repeat that. I fully understand my teenage child's dreams, fears, likes, and dislikes. So write a one if you strongly disagree, a two if you disagree, a three if you agree, and a four if you strongly agree. Number three, when having a conversation with my teenage child, I fully and quietly listen without interrupting when my child is speaking. So let me repeat that. When having a conversation with my teenage child, I fully and quietly listen without interrupting when my child is speaking. And once again, one for strongly agree, uh, so strongly disagree, two for disagree, three for agree, four for strongly agree. Let me give you the last one. My child enjoys having conversations with me. My teenage child enjoys having conversations with me. Do you strongly disagree, which is a one, or do you disagree, which is a two, or do you agree, which is a three, or do you strongly agree, which is a four? So for me, that's a reality check just to see where you are as a parent in terms of your relationship with your teenage child. And uh, it would be interesting to get responses uh, via WhatsApp to just hear the parents out there. How do you rate yourselves against these four questions or these four statements in terms of your relationship, your conversations, your level of communication with your teenage child? Do you want me to proceed? Yes. <laughs> okay. Am I, am I answering on behalf of <laughs> Yeah. Well, you, you could read something that comes through WhatsApp if anything has okay, come through. Okay, you yeah. also answer on WhatsApp. I'm sure like, they were punching into their phones. Or yeah, yeah. But then you can respond on our WhatsApp platform to um, these questions that Jonah is posing. Right. So let me move on to talk about what meaningful conversations are. So these are conversations that strengthen the bond between you and your child. So it strengthens the bond. There are conversations you feel that, you know what, this conversation has actually moved our relationship to another level. It has not been just superficial, it has not been just one way, but it has also helped you to gain insight into your child's thinking, into your child's issues. So it strengthens the bond. Number two, these are conversations that deepen understanding. Your child's strengths, your child's weaknesses, your child's challenges, fears, worries, you are gaining a deeper understanding. And likewise, the child is also gaining a deeper understanding into you as the parent, into your issues, the challenges you grapple with, and, you know, 
uh, what you're going through. Number three, these are conversations that build confidence and trust. I look at this period of um, adolescence, teenagehood, as your last chance as a parent to impact your child's life. Because this is a phase where one is growing from being a child to being an adult. And if you miss this chance to influence your child positively, it becomes very difficult, if not impossible, for you to play that role that only you as a parent can play. So you want to build confidence and trust in your child during this critical moment. Meaningful conversations are also opportunities for teachable moments. These are conversations where you can identify areas where you need to support your child, where you say, yeah, you know, as a parent, yes. I think I can, I can support this boy or this girl in this way. And finally, uh, meaningful conversations are conversations <clears throat> that meet the human need to be understood and appreciated, especially on the part of your child. Every human need craves to be understood and appreciated. Yes. Do, do you think that um, teenagers are emotional and they think they know it all and it becomes difficult for a parent to engage in do a I Do I think? Yes. I know. <laughs> so how then do you go about it to someone who think, because they're at a stage where they think they actually know? <laughs> you, you know, one of the biggest... Uh, the most important recommendation to give to parents yeah. is try and think about how you were thinking, how you were feeling when you were a teenager. I thought I knew it all. Exactly. <laughs> so try and think about the adults who managed to get through to you. What is it about the way they communicated with you that made them break through that barrier? I can remember in my situation, the one adult who really had a significant impact on my life right up to this day is someone who did something that most parents don't realize is critical. Mm -hmm. They simply listened to me. This person, we had like a 30-minute conversation, and all that this person did was to ask me questions, to reinforce what I'd said, to confirm their understanding, to nod their head, and to listen. And for me, that was transformational because most adults I'd spoken to had never paid that much attention to me. So, yeah, <laughs> just in hindsight, the tone sometimes of parents, it's like it's more of a period what is it we want just have a meaningful conversation. We tend to be judgmental as parents. So the moment somebody says something, you're already jumping in and say, but you haven't even fully understood. And more importantly, the child hasn't fully felt understood. And that's a need that we all have. So, yeah, which is why I, I feel that it's important to have those meaningful conversations. Um, going a little bit deeper, why do we need these meaningful conversations? I think in, in my definition of what meaningful conversations are, I have to some extent answered this question, but let me go a little bit deeper. Meaningful conversations facilitate functional relationships. As human beings, we thrive on having functional relationships. my relationships, especially with the people that are closest to you, are not functional. Nothing else in your life matters, really. Mm -hmm. You might find that you've got material possessions, but they just don't matter because relationships are, are an intricate, intimate human need, and hence we need those conversations in order to make a relational being. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Those meaningful conversations are also um, <clears throat> work to support your mental and spiritual well-being. For both the parent and the child, you are in a better space mentally. You are in a better space spiritually when you have a functional relationship with your child or with your parent. 
And lastly, we need to realize that these meaningful conversations present us with unique opportunities for timely interventions. If I'm talking to my child often, it is easier for me to identify a potential challenge before it becomes a disaster, before it becomes a crisis. Because and I can then intervene timely rather than not having such meaningful conversations and I wake up one day and I realize that I've got a complete stranger in the house and I'm like, why did you do this? This is not the son that I brought up or the daughter that I brought up. So you find that when you engage in meaningful conversations on an ongoing basis, you identify opportunities for timely interventions before a problem becomes a crisis. We together so far? We together, sir. Right. So let me give the tips that I have for parents. Number one tip as a parent, listen. The D, the big L. Listen. Listen. It is. Oh wow! I didn't know you could sing. That's rare. Most DJs can't sing to save their lives. Maybe. <laughs> we try. Really, you need to listen. Uh, it, it's it's an incredibly important and effective and uh, therapeutic action that you can take. Just listening to your child. So that's the first. Thing. That's the first thing mm. before anything. And when we say listen, well, I'll expand on it in the next points. But when we say listen, we're actually saying. Uh, have times when you have a conversation when your child does more talking than you do. Mm. When you refrain from, you know what they say in marriage, <clears throat> traditional advice. Have you heard that before? So we are saying as a parent, for a while, just listen and get to really understand what is behind the words that your child is saying. What are the feelings? What are the thoughts? How wrong is the child? But listen for crying out loud. If you can carry out a conversation, maybe a 10 minute conversation and the child has spoken more than you have and you haven't jumped in with uh, your, your, your analysis and normally we don't even analyze yeah. as parents. We just jump straight to the to, 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 to the solution, right? No, this is wrong. You should do this. Without being judgmental, without then you are well on your way to a breakthrough in having meaningful conversations. Number two, do what I call affirmative disruption. I can bet you my bottom dollar right now, probably 95% of the parents listening right now are weak in this department when it comes to having meaningful conversations with their children. They are weak. So Affirmative disruption is, I want you to do something with your child that disrupts the established pattern of behavior, the process you've been going through. Because all of us have got a certain way of doing things and we get settled into a certain routine. So you find even with conversations, you say something, I say something, and pretty soon we're in an argument, you're ignoring me, or your child goes into quiet mode or monosyllabic mode, wait, ah, eh, ah, you're no longer hearing anything. So I want you to disrupt that by doing something you've never done before. For example, listen listening attentively without being judgmental, without jumping to provide a solution. Right. So that's number two, affirmative disruption. You can start doing it right now. Today it's a holiday. You are with your child. Their parents whose kids are at boarding school most of the time. The kids come home and you hardly have a meaningful conversation with your child. And pretty soon the holiday is over. They go back to boarding school and you've missed opportunities because they're growing every minute. And pretty soon you've got an adult and you might or you might not be happy with how the child has turned out, but you might or might not have played your part adequately. Number three, ask open-ended questions and listen. Oh, back to listening. Open-ended questions are great because you can't answer an open-ended question with a yes or no. 
It's a question that requires you to explain. So if I say to my child, <clears throat> looking at this term that has just ended, what do you think are you know, some of the areas in which you really did well, something that you're really proud of? You can answer with an M-A-R. If you find that happening, then maybe your child has got a defect or perhaps the relationship has gone so bad that they don't even open up to you. Yeah, yeah. So open-ended questions are great. However, one of the reasons why children will not respond well to open-ended questions or any questions for that matter is prior experiences where they've tried to explain and you have immediately condemned them, so right? So a child might say, you know what, Dad, this term was a little bit tough because two of my friends were actually involved in drugs. You've got friends who do drugs. How can you have friends like that? I bet you're also doing drugs, right? How can I have a child? Now, where will I go with that conversation? Where? It has gone to the gutter before it even started. And worse still, I've learned that I don't open up with my dad. Because the moment I do that, I'm condemned. So ask open-ended questions and listen. That's number three. Number four, repeat what you have heard and confirm your understanding. So this is amazing. This is part of power listening. Somebody says something. The most flattering thing you can do is to say, all right, V Candy, let me confirm that I've heard you right. What you're saying is exactly, I repeat exactly what you've said. That does wonders in terms of fulfilling your need to be heard and appreciated. Because most of the time, people are not bothering to listen to what anybody is saying. So if I can repeat what you have said and give you an opportunity to say, no, dad, uh, this point, you actually missed it. Oh, yes, you got me right. Then it's amazing what I've done, not only in terms of me feeling, you know, an affirmation as a parent that I've, I've got what this child is saying, but more so in terms of you as a child realizing that I am understood. The, so that's point number four. Repeat what you have heard and confirm your understanding. Number five, don't respond immediately. If we are in this mode of affirmatively disrupting what has been going on, avoid knee-jerk reaction. Where you're like, yeah, 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 you jump in. No, you might want to go and digest what your child has said, right? Like you do with meat before you bright, you marinate it. You want to yeah. marinate on the idea and see, right, what, what, what exactly is saying? Is there really a problem? Do I need to jump in? Do I, should I encourage him to do this? You'll find that you are an ultimately much wiser and more consistent parent when you give yourself the freedom to think through what you're going to say before you say it back. And also it makes it, it gives some distance between the conversation and your response. And that way a child is more likely to look forward to the next conversation than if you immediately give a knee-jerk reaction, which for 99% of the parents will be a reaction that is very judgmental. Yeah, yeah. And they can actually pick up, you know, that you are taking this conversation very important. Exactly. It's important to you that you're giving it time to say, okay, let me, let me think about it and um, let's pick it up. Right. Number six, express appreciation. Hey, I really appreciate this moment you've taken to have a conversation with me. Uh, you know, I, I, I like it. I know as a parent, I haven't had much time in the past, but I appreciate it. Uh, some of the views you expressed, I agree with. Some of those, them I might not. Well, I'll think it over, but uh, I really appreciate it and I look forward to our next conversation. So express appreciation to your child. Yeah, duh. I know for some of you, this is like, what the heck? <laughs> what is he saying? <laughs> yeah, it Are makes a big difference. This is, this is this 21st parenting. And some of some of those tricks and techniques that were used in I don't know pre-independence Gora Gochan roads just don't work because the environment is totally different. I'm not saying throw away the principles, absolutely not. Those of you who have heard me before know that I am an advocate for principled parenting. 
I'm an advocate for Ubuntu. But at the same time, I'm very mindful of what works and what doesn't work, especially in, in our modern day times. So number six is express appreciation. The last one is number seven. Number seven, oh, right. <laughs> Make it fun. Make it fun. How many parents can honestly say, my child enjoys conversations with me? I know when they are, you know, toddlers. Okay, yeah, yeah we like that. Even when when, when they when they get into off. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> even even I've seen that even up to the preteen. You know, the tweenies, the ten to twelve year olds. They generally are in a mode where they really want to impress their parent. They want approval from the parent. But somehow when they get to their teens. Uh, I don't know. There's a switch that just clicks and things kind of change. So, right. Listen, if you would like to find out a little bit more, there's a free report that I can send you courtesy of Coach Taffy, who normally handles this program. All you need to do is send the word report, R-E-P-O-R-T, to this number via WhatsApp, 718 Four five eight nine four three. Let me repeat that: zero seven one eight four five eight nine four three. Send a WhatsApp message with the word "report," nothing else, and you'll get a report summarizing some important parenting techniques. Oh, thank you so much, Jonah. Nice to see you, and uh, very very helpful information here, Jonah Mungoshi, an author, life coach, and motivational speaker. Speaking to us about how to have meaningful conversations with your adolescent child, taking our time to exactly 11 o'clock, it is time for the news.